Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. In the words of one of my followers, if I validate my kids' feelings about their dad, then I'm bad-mouthing him. If I tell my kids he's not that bad and he really does love them, then I'm gaslighting them. My kids have picked up on the fact that he is a difficult person to deal with and often show up at my house and tell me the latest thing he did. When I encourage them to talk to their dad about how they feel, they say they can't because he'll yell at them, which is totally true. If I tell him how the kids feel, I'm betraying their trust, and he doesn't believe me anyways. I feel like I'm in an impossible situation, and there is no right answer. I want you to know that, yes, this is an impossible situation. I get it. It's a complete nightmare, and there is no clear-cut answer to any of these questions. There's no solution. There's no manual to follow. And to top that off, you are working in a constantly changing dynamic. What seems to work one day will definitely not work the next. And what is helpful with one kid will not be helpful with the other kid. You are constantly juggling, constantly maneuvering, constantly exploring. There's no precedent set for this. No notebooks to follow. No straightforward and clear answer. No true, right, or wrong. And anyone who tells you differently than this is sadly mistaken. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. And I've been doing this little mini-series on uh, Q&As about the kids, you know, the, the questions you guys have about the kids. So thank you to everyone who has been writing in on this. I want you to know about a Facebook group that I have that's called Parenting with a Toxic Partner. It's not my main group, so it's not the one I talk about the most, but it is specific to those of you out there who are parenting in this nightmare. So please find that, you know, the link will be in the notes, but find that group and come join us in the conversations. I also wrote a book on that same name, uh, Parenting with a Toxic Partner, and that's available on Amazon. A last thing I want to tell you is I am putting together a parenting group. I'm going to start doing a parenting group coaching, uh, and that's going to be coming, you know, next year. So keep an eye out for that. So one of the questions that was brought to me, uh, this person says, my marriage is on year 12, and I've got two boys, ages 9 and 10. And she says, the recent podcast really hit my gut. My 10-year-old keeps saying, why did you even marry him? I hate my dad. Why can't he just leave? Why did you marry him? She says, I've read the book, Raising Resilient Kids, and it says exactly what you mentioned, which is to validate and not pinpoint the narcissistic parent. But my question is, how do I respond to those specific questions of my child? How can I, without throwing my spouse under the bus, validate my child's feelings, and tell him, you know, to choose his partner wisely. Does this make sense? Yes, this makes complete sense. This is a very tough place to be. How can we be honest with our kids, validate their feelings without talking badly about their narcissistic parent? You know, I value honesty so incredibly much, and honesty between my boys and I has really helped our relationship to recover from all that we've been through. So let's look at these questions that your child is asking. Why did you even marry him? Well, narcissistic people think in black and white thinking, all right? You're either all good or all bad, and there is no in-between. Well, kids go through this too, but it is very helpful for them to grow out of it. 
seeing all bad in this parent will encourage that harmful black and white thinking. So I want you to answer this question to them honestly. Help them to see that there is some good. Now, I know that's hard when you're in these relationships and when you've been pouring in all this energy, but that parent, not everything about them is bad. There are reasons that you married them in the first place, right? Help your child to see some of the positive without overplaying it, okay? Uh, This is not to bury all the bad, but this is to acknowledge that there is a mixture there. This is simple facts on why you married them. Something stood out to you, and it will benefit your child to know that there are some good traits. People in their future might say, boy, you're just like your dad or just like your mom. And they may mean this innocently enough, but if your child believes that that parent is all bad and a horrible person, this can be detrimental to your child. It is okay for that parent to have some good qualities, even if they're small or seemingly insignificant compared to the bad. They certainly don't outweigh the bad, but they are there. Kids need to learn to accept that people are a mixture of positive and negative attributes, even you, that you are that mixture. Your kids need to see that. They need to know that it's okay for them to think good things about you while they even might be mad at you. Or it's okay for them to get mad at you even though they they know that they love you. They need to know that that mixture exists. Now, as you are working with them on this, validate for them how the bad traits feel. Like I said, we're not overplaying the good in order to to erase the bad. No. And, And I'm going to talk more about how to validate their feelings throughout this podcast, but I'm definitely not saying that you should just cover up the bad with all the good traits. No. Help your kids to see that mixture, recognizing this is the case for everyone and thus the importance of choosing their partners wisely. You know, it's okay for both you and your future partner to have good and bad. You're going to have positive and you're going to have faults. But really pay attention to how these faults play out. Pay attention to the effect that they have on the others, you know, who are close by. So they need to recognize the effect that their parents' bad behavior is having on them. Acknowledge their frustration. Talk about how, you know, you didn't see this behavior back, you know, when you were first uh, getting married to this person. Kids will need to learn how to be more open-minded when they're entering a relationship themselves. Open the conversation to how people who are first in love don't see reality. Okay, they don't see this person for who they truly are and help your kids to go ahead and start talking about this. They need to start working on this language now. Uh, You know, when someone is angry, it's very easy to see everything as horrible and bad. So when I get upset, it's very easy to see everything as being a problem. Okay, kids definitely go through this. That's that black and white thinking of a narcissist or, you know, of a child who hasn't grown yet. So when they are angry, help them to identify some positive things that are going on around them. When they are happy, help them to identify some negative things going on around them. Seeing outside of their emotions is an incredibly valuable tool and can save us and our kids from a lot of future pain. The words that the kid said is, I hate my dad. Validate these feelings. Don't tell them that they're wrong. Don't say, oh, you don't hate your dad. You don't mean that. You shouldn't talk that way. That's easy to do, but that's wrong. Instead, say, hey, I'm sorry that you feel that way. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be frustrated. How do you feel about being so mad at him? Is there anything you think that, you know, he could have done differently? Or is there anything you can do to help you feel a little bit better? 
help them to identify their feelings even deeper. Draw a picture of their feelings. Have them draw a picture of their feelings. Maybe get on a punching bag and go work out some of that anger and then help them to voice their feelings a little deeper. Describe them further. Give them some words to explore. Humiliated, mad, frustrated, betrayed, disrespected, ridiculed, provoked, dismissed. How do they feel? Feelings are experiences. They are not permanent locations. And your kids need to know this. It's like going to the beach or going to the doctor. These are experiences, but they're not a place of permanent residency. That's how it is with your feelings too. So help kids to understand this so they don't latch on uh, to those negative feelings and identify with them and start feeling like they're just identifying as an angry person because they're angry all the time. No, this is just a feeling that they are experiencing. All right, let's go to another uh, you know, comment from one of my followers. She says, you mentioned not talking bad about our spouses because it can be hurtful and confusing for our kids. And she says, I also think, though, that it can be hurtful and confusing to avoid the truth, particularly with the older kids. Your example was to say adults get dysregulated sometimes, which could be a good answer, but could also normalize bad behavior for the kids. After protecting them from the reality of their dad's behavior so much of their life, my kids have been really confused as to what is healthy behavior. So while I don't go out of my way to say something negative about their dad, if they notice something, I am honest and direct with them. I believe you've said something along those lines in the past, and I just wondered if you could address this. I realize it's a fine line, but I'm much more concerned about normalizing hurtful behavior than I am about confusing my kids. They are already so confused. Thank you so much for voicing this. It is an incredibly fine line, but I do believe, I firmly believe, it's a line that can be found. It's not one single straightforward answer, okay? And I've already addressed that at the beginning of this podcast. It isn't a one-size-fits-all. On this journey, you will have to constantly adjust, constantly work to help your kids understand, constantly evolve yourself on this journey. It's exhausting, it's frustrating, but it's incredibly rewarding. So I want to address my comment about adults getting dysregulated sometimes. This is true, okay? We all know that. It does happen. However, I am not saying that it is okay for adults to get dysregulated. I'm not trying to normalize that. I definitely don't want to excuse this bad behavior or or make this an excuse for the bad behavior, but it is simply a reality. It is, um, it is okay to, to address that, you know, adults do get dysregulated, but it's also okay to say it's not okay that they do. I encourage you to still acknowledge that this is a problem. You know, just because a person becomes an adult, it doesn't all of a sudden make all their behavior right or perfect or productive. Just because someone becomes a parent, it doesn't mean that they magically now know it all. Of course, a lot of us kind of think that way. But all of a sudden, we don't have all the answers to everything. Adults get dysregulated just like kids do. But adults and kids have a choice on how they will handle things. They get to choose their own behavior. They have consequences to their actions just like kids do. No, they don't experience punishments like a child living with their parents, but they do, however, have naturally occurring consequences. 
such as their child being upset with them. That is a naturally occurring consequence of an adult being dysregulated. And this is not the child's fault in any way. You know, if the, if the narcissistic parent is yelling at them, calling them inappropriate names, punching a hole in the wall because they're angry and this is scaring that child, none of this behavior is okay. Don't deny what happened. Don't make excuses. You can say, yeah, adults get dysregulated sometimes, but that doesn't make it okay. I under, and you can even tell, you know, tell your child, I understand how you feel. That would scare me too. That upsets me as well. It's not okay, but it is reality. Help them to know that it's okay then to set their own boundaries, to walk away, or to even be upset, to be upset with that parent internally, you know, inside them. That's a boundary protecting their own heart. They do not need to take ownership of this parent's behavior. I believe that it is okay to acknowledge that each person, whether child or adult, has the responsibility to continue reflecting on their own behavior taking responsibility for the effects that their behavior has on others and to self-improve. And your child needs to know that you and this other parent also have that same responsibility. You can avoid comments such as, he shouldn't have done that or that was wrong. Focus instead on, well, how did that make you feel? Would you want others to feel that way around you? Do you have ways to handle your own anger that doesn't make other people feel that way around you? You know, your dad or your mom will need to find their own way to handle their anger. Make sure the child knows that it is not their responsibility to educate that parent. That they are in no way responsible for the actions of that parent or for anyone else for that matter. Even if someone is mad at me, it is their responsibility for how they handle their own anger. It's okay for a child to get corrected or guided or educated without being angry. And if the covert narcissistic parent can't control their own anger, that's on them. Kids of narcissistic parents carry that blame and responsibility. It's like a, a book you could write. This is a common thing in all of these homes. They blame themselves for their parents' behavior. Finding ways to help your kids through this is extremely important. I'm going to repeat one piece of what she said. She said, after protecting them from the reality of their dad's behavior so much of their life, my kids have been really confused as to what is healthy behavior. All right, I am a firm believer in the truth. You are absolutely right that these kids are already super confused and they do not need any more confusion. I have said many times that you cannot protect your kids from the reality of their parents' behavior. It is not possible to shield them from it, nor is it healthy. When they're little, okay, a little bit of some of that shielding is fine or, or at least more understandable. But as they get older, that shielding just creates more problems. So you have to be on your toes, listening to their hearts and modifying as you go. Think of it this way. It is very okay to shield a young child from the ugly parts of our world, okay? We don't typically tell young children about sexual crimes. It would be destructive to do so. It would be harmful. However, as they get older, if we continue to shield them, this now has the harmful effect. A teenager not knowing about the risk of sexual crimes leaves them quite vulnerable and potentially in harm's way. They need to know for their own safety. So you have to modify your shielding of them into now exposing them to what's out there in this world. 
How you tell them varies from child to child. Some are more open to hearing about it, while others just become terrified and paralyzed with fear. You have to listen to that. You know, you have to modify these conversations based on the reactions of the child and how they process this information. In the home with a covert narcissistic parent, it's quite common for parents to shield their young kids from the abuse of the other parent. It's normal to want to protect them. It's even normal and common to want them to have a good opinion or a good view of that other parent. We want them to love their father or their mother. So we play blocker and we shield for them. As they get older, though, and they begin to question the behavior of this parent or to voice their opinion of it, the shielding needs to be modified and potentially even stopped completely. It is not possible to completely shield them all of their lives, and doing so will confuse them and harm your relationship with them. When you are trying to convince them that their abusive parent loves them, they will either not believe you, or they will not believe their own internal feelings. When what they are feeling inside does not feel like love, either you are wrong or their heart is wrong. And this adds to their confusion. If you are wrong, then this hurts their trust in you. Either you don't see the abuse and don't validate their feelings, or you are willing to lie to them and try to make things better for the other parent. Either way, their feelings don't matter to you, which is incredibly damaging. If they start to believe that their heart is wrong, well, this creates all sorts of problems. It causes them to internalize the gaslighting and start gaslighting themselves. They no longer trust their own feelings and they can easily walk into future abusive relationships. Another problem when you're trying to convince them that this parent didn't mean what they said is you are teaching them that words don't matter. Mom or dad doesn't mean what they say and I'm still supposed to love them and believe they love me, so it must not matter what I say. I can be mean, sharp, judgmental, and uncaring. My words have nothing to do with whether I love you or not, right? This is potentially leading them to being a narcissist themselves in their future. So you can see that shielding is harmful to them. Where that line crosses or where that adjustment has to be made, you've got to follow your heart on that and find where that is. Now, being outright mean towards their parent? No, that's harmful. This is their parent, and they are already experiencing, like we said, all this confusion. Fortunately, though, you do not need to exaggerate the narcissistic parent's behavior. You don't need to be purposefully mean when you're talking about this behavior. One thing you can always count on is that the covert narcissist will continue to give you opportunities to consider, discuss, ponder the bad behavior, and the truth is painful enough. Do not exaggerate or be unnecessarily mean. Let your child voice their frustration on how they feel, on how they've been treated. If your child is only willing to talk about it briefly, let them. If they're only willing to voice a tiny amount, let them. If they're only willing to listen to a tiny amount, that's fine. If they explode with anger, let them. This is time to validate your kid. Listen to them and let them guide you on how far into the conversation they are willing and able to go. Don't ever forget this is a painful journey for them too. Try to be sensitive to that. Give your kids complete emotional safety with you. Develop that strong sense of safety. We've talked about that a lot in these episodes. And don't be surprised if when you give them that safety, their behavior with you gets a bit worse. Kids will be better behaved in an environment where they don't feel safe. 
because they won't express their negative feelings. But when they are in that safe space with you, those bottled up feelings may come rushing out. It may be a little ugly. It's okay. Love them through it. Help guide them through it. Take this as a sign that these kids are feeling safe with you, which is a good thing. Then you can begin to work with them on how to regulate their own emotions so that they're not spewing their emotions all around on everybody around them. This is something that the covert narcissist has never learned. They spew their emotions all over everybody all the time. This is a tough journey. It doesn't come with a set of directions or a rule book. Listen to your heart and to the hearts of your kids. You are stronger than you know, and so are they. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are CNG as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.